Hey, lover. Hey, lover. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. This is Scott Mickish and Nick Gill, where we talk about everything in life from pets to pimples and really hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, you are not our real moms. Hey, lover. Hey, lover. Welcome back. Today we are going to talk about um, do, do you want to start that? awkwardness. Oh, <laughs> that felt that felt you know a little awkward. <laughs> I thought this in particular was a topic that I feel like a true professional on. You're an expert awkward are you, connoisseur. Are you fixing that for me? Because it was a little awkward the way I expressed that. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, I've always been a little awkward and by a little, I mean a lot and I've tried to hide it. And when I hide it, oh, I hide it good and I'm funny. Do you think anybody's not awkward? Like, do you think anybody does not feel awkward? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> no, there's uh As you speak for every person on the planet. No, that's, the, that's what I've come to later in life. Just feeling so socially awkward with people, all groups of people, friends, family, co-workers, just everybody, uh, random strangers. Of course, I can always get a little... See, here's little... the thing, though. If you feel and are aware of your social awkwardness, then I don't think you're as awkward as you think you are. Thank you. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that I, I've come to later in life realizing that most people feel awkward about mm -hmm. a lot of stuff mm -hmm. and you just don't realize it. You think it's because you're the one, you're the main character in your story. So of course you're kind of just like, mm -hmm. it's, it's you, you know your own experience and you know what it's like to be you mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy to kind of get caught up with how you're feeling, but really a lot of people feel awkward mm -hmm. about a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. a lot of interactions. Your boss might be, feel awkward with yeah you, and you don't know all. unless they tell you right right exactly. unfortunately we're not mind readers unless we're the borg <laughs> which we talked about in our previous episode so maybe check that out but i have kind of as i've kind of made myself aware of that i think it's it's made me feel a little bit more at ease mm -hmm. with i'm also heavily medicated now so no, i you're feel not. i'm just kidding no um uh, at least so, not heavily i have <laughs> Mildly, mildly, mildly medicated. Mildly. Thank you. So I, you know, with that awkwardness, that cringy moments, I feel like it sometimes can also come to people who are sensitive to their environment, sensitive to people, mm -hmm. and they're concerned with how, you know, they may make somebody feel or, mm -hmm. or, or how somebody perceives them, mm -hmm. like they're hyper aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, there can be a lot wrapped up in that, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And so awareness with a lot of things is key to helping yourself move mm -hmm. through that, um, mm -hmm. that awkwardness. And so I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting better at mm -hmm. it, I think, about not feeling so awkward. But um, Well, I think cringy moments happen when both people feel awkward. Mm. So I don't, if somebody doesn't feel awkward and can help navigate the cringy moment, then it's not a cringy moment. 
Well, I have a lot of those, so you know. But that's but that's when I think both people. When you feel that tension, mm-hmm. I think it's both people feeling like they don't know how to navigate that situation. Sure. Whereas if you have somebody who does, then it you can kind of it's maybe not you doing the navigating, but it's somebody to help you, and then it feels less awkward. Right. So I feel like the real awkward moments are when both people feel awkward. <laughs> So if that makes you feel any better, I don't know. But. It doesn't. It doesn't make me feel better at all. But um, no, I, I guess I've, you know, I've always been, and I don't know if this has to do with being more on the introverted side of the introversion, extroversion uh, spectrum, but uh, I've always been awful at small talk. And that's mm-hmm. why I heavily avoid things like elevator rides with people, mm-hmm. you know, in buildings you know whether it's our own building or at work or whatever is it small talk or is it like is it really the content of the conversation or is it the shortness of time that you have that you don't you can't fill the space with something that you feel is significant you know what i mean like is it really the topic of conversation so if you see somebody at a party and you have all night to talk to them and it's just a bunch of small talk, is it the small talk? Is it the content of the conversation or is it that stress of feeling like we can't really start a conversation because we don't have time? And so you just don't even know what to say. I think it is a, an easier amount of time to make yourself look like an idiot. And so that's what stresses me out is just, wow, I can really make myself look ridiculous in this amount of time by saying something silly or whatever Mm. that they may look at and be like, what, Mm. what? That is such a weird thing to say Mm. or whatever. But, and I don't, I can't talk about things like the weather or whatever. Like I can, I do it, you know, whatever it Mm. happens, it comes up. Mm. But, but in an elevator, especially, you know what? Okay. Do you we, feel like it's a little stage, like you have to put on a comedy show or something in the elevator? Maybe, like you I press, don't know. Maybe that could be it. You if press five, and then you're like, went on me, please like, welcome to the stage, Nicholas Gill, as the doors close. Yes, yeah. that would be good. You know what we need, though, especially in our building, is we need like to have like elevator conversational prompts mm. like printed out. Mm. And it's like making a joke of it, and mm. so that everybody... Like people even just looking at that can kind of laugh, but then maybe Mm -hmm. someone will actually take it up and be like, oh, there's a prompt on here and they'll turn to the person, Mm -hmm. maybe me in the elevator and be like, hey, Mm -hmm. how do you feel about, um, how do you feel about death? Yeah, that that sounds like a terrible idea. Oh, (laughs) I think you would feel even more awkward. Back to the drawing board. I think think you would feel even more awkward if somebody was in there and turns you. It it all seems like a great idea in the the, the onset of Ding, here's your floor. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I've always just liked talking about, like, deeper things. Um, I just, it's hard for me to just talk about those, like, lighter things. And, yeah, I don't know. But. It depends on the person too. I you that's, that's a good point. I think yeah. you if it's somebody you know, sure. It's easy enough to say, "Hey, how are you doing? How's your day going?" But if it's somebody you don't know mm-hmm. and you don't even know where to start and you don't know, "Do I even bother introducing myself because I might not ever see this person again?" That is where 
it's kind of a weather sort of conversation. Sure. Sure is cold out there. Bye. Have a good life. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Have a good life. It just like fades <laughs> away. Yeah. That's another thing too is like goodbyes. Like I, I'm pretty sure most people who know me and may be listening to this or people who haven't, mm-hmm. who may be listening to this but haven't met me yet, mm-hmm. you may experience this with me someday. But mm-hmm. when it comes to goodbyes, mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I don't. I need you want to Homer I Simpson need, it. You I, want to just Homer Simpson into the bushes. Pretty much. But when I was signing up for a college, I was almost looking for a class on like how to say goodbye to people. Like, mm-hmm. is there a class I can sign up for on like mm-hmm. how to end like a conversation, how to say goodbye to people mm-hmm. in a graceful way, mm-hmm. make them feel good, I feel good, and it's ended, and that's it. And without know? the and help that, of Julie Andrews, or and without without the help of Julie Andrews, but then also with like that perfect like movie exit you know mm-hmm. i feel like that's what i always compare it to is like an exit in a movie it's like mm-hmm. everything in a movie is perfectly edited mm-hmm. and if you think about it if you know a story in a movie mm-hmm. if someone wasn't editing it it'd probably be filled with awkward moments have you ever thought about that mm-hmm. i just well this podcast this podcast <laughs> we're gonna edit the hell out of too so well, you'll need to because I have a lot of awkward, weird moments that will need to be yeah. cut out. I think you forever. just need that like flash powder that like magicians have. And then you just poof, like there's this just big gone. cloud of like pink smoke. And then they're like, where did Nick go? He just, Why and it's it like be a pink? magical because then it's like, wow, that was amazing and fabulous. And you didn't have to say a thing. Sure. You just poof. And then they just. Maybe it smells like cotton candy or something. <laughs> I like bubble, the, bubble gum. The addition of the, the scent. Yeah. I'm not sure it would yeah. smell like cotton candy. It'd probably birthday on cake. What the birthday cake. What I had eaten the day before. But um, <laughs> and maybe it wasn't pink. Maybe it might have been a different color. But in terms of like awkward, cringy moments, have you, is there something you can think of that you kind of, have experienced that was um, Yeah, I, you know, I was just where, okay, so I, with my anxiety, I have a hard, I have a hard time with awkward silences. I think you do too. And I was at a seminar, or it wasn't even a seminar, it was just, what would you call it? They were presentations, a series of presentations, and I won't get into the details just for, you know, protecting the innocent, but... There's a presenter asking the audience questions and the audience for a good five to 10 seconds was silent. Nobody was, was saying anything. And that's enough time for me to get anxious and then raise my hand. So I raised my hand and tried to help facilitate the conversation and gave an answer. And then they proceeded to present and asked another question to the audience. And this wasn't really set up to be an interactive presentation, but the presenter wanted to do it as kind of a classroom sort of setting. And this, and this presenter had, was a former teacher. So they had been a teacher previous to their current career. And the presentation was all about diversity, mind you. So the presentation was about diversity and understanding people and all of the layers you can't see. And all the stuff that's going on in people that you can't see. And so with me having anxiety, I knew that about myself. And, but the presenter didn't. And so then 
they proceeded to ask another question for the audience. And the, again, five, 10 seconds goes by, I get anxious and I'm in the front. And so I just, to facilitate the conversation too, I raise my hand again. And the person said, well, anyone except for him. And I, like, I just shrunk in my seat. Like I, like I wasn't trying to dominate the conversation. I was trying to facilitate. And that at least that was my intention. But the perception was, you know, this person who just has to have all the answers. And I get that, which then I, I just felt bad because I'm like, that's not. So it was very awkward. It was like cringy. It made me feel bad. And then I went to the presenter after the presentation and I said, you know, I, I didn't mean for it to seem like I was just trying to answer all the questions. I just was hoping that it would encourage others to participate in the conversation. The presenter said, oh, well, you were one of those students that teachers hated. Mm. Wow. <laughs> like that was, they just gave this presentation about <laughs> diversity and understanding all these sub layers of people that you don't know. And they proceeded to, to infer that I was like this as a child and that teachers hated me. And I actually said, I, I told them, I said, no, actually, I was the one who shrunk in the back and didn't want to be called on because I was so anxious and nervous. And as an adult, part of my practice to get over that is to slice through those awkward moments, to slice through it and say, I'm, I'm going to cut the anxiety. I'm going to cut this tension by raising my hand. And that's how I have overcome that. So for this... It just, it was cringy because I just felt like I couldn't, this person just saw me in such a negative light and there was no way, I, you know, in that fraction of a moment, I couldn't explain myself to them. Like, sure. So it just was gross, like feeling like I was leaving there with this person having this totally incorrect perception of me and my past and who I am as a person. And after a presentation about diversity <laughs> that they gave mm, yeah. and it, was really awkward. You, you start to just think like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have raised my hand. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have. But, you know, you do it for, you do it, you're well-meaning and you have good intention. And that's what makes it awkward is when you feel like your intentions are misconstrued and misinterpreted. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Yeah. So how about you? Like, what's your story um, of awkwardness? Yeah. I mean, for me, Mine was a little bit of a different experience. So I had, um, this is pre-you, so this was many, mm -hmm. many uh, years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I had gone on a date with a guy from online dating site, and we both lived in Uptown mm -hmm. uh, at the time. And he's like, hey, you know, you're close. We should, we should get together. You know, meet me at this one bar in Uptown. Uptown, mm -hmm. Minneapolis. That one bar. That one bar. Mm -hmm. And I was like, great, that sounds good. You know, this guy seems like a nice, nice person, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So we went to this bar and he apparently, he knew the bartender right when we sat down at the, at the stools. And I, I thought that so was his name, Norm. His name was not Norm. Okay. I'm sorry to disappoint you, oh, okay. but he, yeah, I can't, even, I can't even remember his name. Uh, bless his heart. Hope he's doing well. Clear. But nope. Okay. Uh, he, you probably don't even he, he, get those I, references. Nope, I don't. Um, that's <laughs> and okay. I'm old. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> no, but so we sat down and he knew 
the bartender. Mm-hmm. And right away I felt a little uneasy because I was like, oh, geez, he knows a bartender. And then this is another person I'm going to have to get to know and have her. She's a lovely bartender, by the way. Mm-hmm. She's doing a great job. It was stressful to me because I was like, I'm already leaving the house. Coming here meeting a stranger, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh. Um, and then I had to get to know this other person as well, like who was kind of like overseeing our date mm-hmm. that we were, you know, with each other. Anyway, so she, I was, I've never been a huge drinker. So, so he ordered a drink for both of us. And it was, cause I was, didn't really know what to drink. So I was like, Hey, do you have a suggestion? And he looked at the menu. He ordered two drinks, not one drink for you to share. Correct. No. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So he ordered one for both of us. Cause I didn't really two know straws what to, I didn't know what to drink. And I was like, okay, uh, what do, what do you suggest? And then he looked at the menu and he picked this, um, drink called a hot butter rum and i was like okay okay i wonder sounds if... delicious okay well you know like you wait for the rest of the story to unfold and you'll find mm-hmm. out it showed up mm-hmm. and i didn't realize it would be hot uh, a half a stick of butter in it mm-hmm. maybe not half so a stick. That's the probably, hot probably the about butter. a quarter a quarter stick of butter in it mm-hmm. which is a lot of butter melting within it Obviously, there was rum in it. There was a whole cinnamon stick in there. So I drank a, a quarter of it, and I was like, it, I was choking it down. It was just really not my mm. thing. And I, but I didn't want to make him feel like I didn't want to make him feel bad that the choice he of mm-hmm. drink he chose was mm-hmm. not my thing. Mm-hmm. So I kept choking this drink down, mm-hmm. and it was so hard for me. And then was the butter? I wonder. I wonder if the butter. If you're supposed to mix it all together. No, it was, no, it was mixed in there and I mixed it it up, but it was thick and it was drinking Mm. hot butter. It's like hot, greasy alcohol. Yeah. What? What? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, so I drank it all and I was like, oh God, I can't believe I drank all of that. Oh, Mm -hmm. my body. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to order you another one. And then he, before I could do anything, he ordered me another one. And I could have said mm-hmm. no, but I was like, mm-hmm. ah, okay. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of alcohol for me at the time. So mm-hmm. um, I drank. A lot of butter, I too. ended up drinking that second whole drink, too, because I didn't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. I should have said something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, I've gotten better about speaking up for myself now mm-hmm. in my later age. But anyway, after that, then the bartender is like, well, guess what, guys? You know what? I've got another whole nother drink for you on the house. Hot butter rums for both of you. And I was like, they gave no. Well, was that like a specialty of theirs or something? I don't know. I really don't know. And I don't, I just. They got a deal on butter? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Um, Their local farmer. They have a butter. We got a hot butter Chardonnay on the wine list tonight. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I drank about half of that, well, mm-hmm. probably about three quarters of that third hot butter rum mm-hmm. drink. And I was not feeling good, mm-hmm. as you may imagine. Mm-hmm. And I turned to him after a while of conversation. I was like, I think you got to take me home because I don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. And he drove me in and I don't think I had a car at the time. I think mm-hmm. I was riding my bike back and mm-hmm. forth from work. Lived really close to work, so that was really nice, very convenient. Mm-hmm. And so he drives me home, and about halfway home, I think we were on Lake Street. Mm-hmm. And we may have to edit this part out. Nope, it's staying in. Listeners, trigger warning. 
or some butter bodily things that butter, occur when you're not feeling butter well. Butter is reappearing. So I was about halfway home and I just told him, I think it's happening. And he's like, what's happening? And then I just took my finger, put it on the uh, window button. The window s slowly lowers. <laughs> and then just all out projectile vomited out the window mm. and then all down the side of his car. He had a white car mm. by my dad, by the way. Not anymore. White car. And, mm. and then as that had finished happening, he just pulled into my driveway of my apartment complex. Of the, mm -hmm. And we had like this windy road. And then finally, um, he pulled up to the front of my building. And I just mm -hmm. got out of the car. I remember. Just rolled out onto the sidewalk. I left the door open. And I just ran into the building and slammed the door shut. Oh. And then just ran up the stairs, stumbled up the stairs, and then slammed mm -hmm. my door. And then just ran into my bed. And then just... I, I don't know if I like cried into my pillow or what because I felt so embarrassed. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to run into the bathroom. Actually, you know I what? Mean, probably the bathroom probably okay. took care of the rest of business. But I do remember that the next day he had texted me and he said, mm. hey, don't worry about yesterday. Would you like to go on a second date? <laughs> and I was very surprised about that uh -huh. and never went on a second date with him because I was too embarrassed. So... Yeah, well, whoever that guy was, I wish you well. Hope that the car wash wasn't well, too expensive. And I have to thank him for his butter rum. <laughs> maybe you'd be married to him by now. I I don't think so. The butter rum. I don't guy. think so. Um, we didn't we didn't connect on a lot of other things. But, oh, okay. Um, but he was a lovely lovely guy. Well, though, that's good. So, okay, yeah. so it wasn't just the butter rum that wasn't made just it the a bad butter day. rum. Oh, okay. But, um, his uh, the the lack of connection didn't make me. That feel makes me feel better because if I if I knew it was just the buttered rum, mm. then I would feel I I took away somebody else's happiness. Wow, as yeah. long as it was actually him and not the buttered rum. Sure, it was each of us. That you, both of us that didn't yeah. just okay. you know mend well on certain things. But okay, well, I mean yeah, I mean with that that's like kind of my main thing that i feel the most cringy about because mm -hmm. it was such a like vulnerable moment mm -hmm. um but i just feel like on a daily basis i have a lot of things where it's like there's this corner on my way to work it's just like a very sharp corner that i have mm -hmm. to take on this like side frontage road mm -hmm. and you roll uh, down reason, your window and throw up every time no <laughs> sometimes i put my blinker on and there's a person behind me and I always feel so embarrassed afterwards for at least like three minutes that I'm like, why would I put my blinker on? Where else am I going to drive to? But that's... And that person's probably... And I always think that person's like in their car laughing at me. But in reality, they're probably like... No. Not thinking about it no. at all. That's like, that's like you have such automatic senses. So there's being... That's what I mean. Is there's being socially awkward where you're not aware that you're socially awkward. Mm, yeah. And that's social awkwardness. Sure. I think. Then there's hypersensitivity and kind of paranoia of being perceived as awkward. And so I think you get hard on yourself in things like that. Like when you're turning your blinker on because you're taking a hard right or you know hard turn, that that's kind of, I mean, a lot of people do that. You know, because sure. it's like your automatic reflexes as a driver that you turn your blinker on when you're turning that sharply that a lot of people do. But then 
you kind of having that awkwardness or that fear of being perceived as doing something wrong. So yeah. that fear of, you know, trying to be perfect and like trying to not do awkward things, you get hyper aware of those things and then you worry about it. But that person is probably like, they probably forget to turn their blinker on. And that's worse than turning your blinker on. Because sure. when you forget to turn your blinker on. Yeah. Like that's what causes accidents. Not over, <laughs> not overuse of blinking, but <laughs> underuse of blinking. Right. So now, I would worry more about that. Okay. <laughs> no, but then it's other things too. Like I used to, and I don't know if this was anybody else like in their 20s or whatever, if you remember experiencing this, but when somebody would invite me out for like a social engagement, I would be very paranoid about like getting to the place that it was or even if, even if it was just going on a date or something like that like oh let's meet at this restaurant and then if i had never been to that restaurant before mm -hmm. i'll google it and i'll do like a street view mm -hmm. i want to see where exactly the parking is i want to see exactly parking no, is no, anxiety no no, 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 no. i want to see where the the door is mm -hmm. if they have multiple doors we have a problem because then I got to figure out which door is the right one because chances are I'm going to walk up on the sidewalk <laughs> and I'm going to go that to that door yeah. and I'm going to try to open the wrong door. And then the, my date the or my friends gonna laugh are going to look at me and say, like, what an idiot. He chose the wrong freaking <laughs> door. That one's locked. Nobody they have a cabinet in front of it. What a dork. Nobody thinks that. No, no, of course not. They would yeah. just be like, places oh, like that. It's yeah. more like you count the number of people who use the wrong door. Yeah. Because it's so, <laughs> yeah. com you know, it's so common. Yeah. When they do have multiple doors and then where it's a door that maybe was an entrance at one point, but now sure. they have a table in front of it. And so you just watch the number of people walk up and use it. And you, so you don't, that's nobody's like criticizing you. It's more like, Oh, there's another one. That's a huge, huge thing. Like it's lack huge. of signage like that. You criticize the establishment for not putting a big sign well, that has an arrow that says, sometimes there, sometimes there'd be a sign on it that said, don't use this door. And oh, I well then you're like, just Oh idiot. God, just cause I was so nervous. <laughs> Hey, Lava. If you're enjoying the conversations we have on this podcast, you should check out my audiobook episodes on My Brain Can't Poop, a mental fitness guide for humans, where I read a chapter each week that dives into brain health and mental function to help you feel and do your best as you navigate our stressed out world. It's a bit of storytelling with a bit of science and a lot of heart and humor. As funny as brain health can be, seriously. So if you don't find my voice too grating and you want to hear me read to you, check out My Brain Can't Poop on your favorite podcast app. And thank you for being the reason Nick and I do this too, to spend this special time with you. No, there was something about, there was a realization I had, mm -hmm. kind of what you just touched on, mm -hmm. where... I had changed my perspective on it that, you know, how would I feel or how do I feel when I see someone try to open the wrong door or try to turn in the wrong parking lot or something, mm -hmm. or did they do something went wrong and you clearly know that they're aware of it. Mm -hmm. Most times, if not every time I'm like, oh, whoops. And then I look away and I go back to my life. Mm -hmm. And it's not a huge deal, but that mm -hmm. probably affects that person mm -hmm. for like five 10, 30 minutes, maybe longer. 
that they feel embarrassed about that. And it's like, um, <laughs> no, maybe no, but like, no, but the thing is, is that you, that what I'm trying to get at is, that, is that, that people really don't care that much about stuff like that. And right. it's really just kind of like in your head and they right. blow it up to make, it, to make it be this thing that is right. Bigger than it really is. Yeah. Well, we you're, do have... you're the main character Absolutely. in your story, and yeah. so of course everything seems, you know, more yeah significant. But yeah. really, it's just like not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. So you're the center of your universe, and everyone else is a player in your film, and so you're the main character. Who... Everyone else is a side. And character, so that's why right? when you see somebody else do it, you're like, oh, look at that side character trying to get attention from me, who's the main character. Oh, I don't feel that <laughs> way. That's a bit much. That's a bit. That's not. Very no, much. not you, but. Like, like, oh, but everyone in general, which sure. is why, which is why it's easier to say, oh, of course, that's not a big deal to somebody else because it's not happening to you. Sure. You know, and so, but for that person, it's happening to them and they're the center of their story and yeah. they're the main character. So when something happens to them, it's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to say, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it because you're like, the story goes on. I'm totally fine. <laughs> I'm the main character. You are my supporting actor. So, of course, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and not saying this is you, but I'm saying we all go around life in that mentality because, sure. because we only know our experience and everything does literally revolve around us. Like, yeah. it revolves around your head, your eyes, your ears. It's all around you mm -hmm. as an individual. Yeah. So, when you think that everyone is going around like that, like you said, like if that person has anxiety, you can empathize with them like, oh, my God, now they're going away feeling stupid and it's going to ruin their night. And you almost want to go up to them and say, it's OK. Don't worry about it. I do that, too. Turns out that that person didn't think twice about it. And then you just made them really <laughs> self-conscious about it. Be like, I am. You know what? I just saw what happened to you. At, wow. How embarrassing. But just want you to know it's OK. The person's like, wait, what? Oh, gosh. I didn't realize everyone noticed. <laughs> Who uh, are you? Yeah. Who are you? Why um, should I care? Yeah. No. Anyway, um, I think in a nutshell. Awkward. Yeah. I think it's just important to realize that people don't care that much about stuff like that that comes up when you may trip a little bit or you may fumble a little bit with your yeah. speech yeah. or you may go in the yeah. wrong door. Yeah. Or you may, yeah. you know... People pretty much only care about what happens to them. <laughs> wow. Honestly. Okay. No, but, like, not in a bad way. But, like, if you're to trip and fall on them, mm. that's one thing. If yeah. you're to trip and fall down the street, yeah. if they're a kind enough person, they might be ask you if you're okay, if you need help sure. or whatever. But then they go on their merry way. Whereas you're the one with the skin knee and the bruised ego and wondering if anybody saw you. Sure. And so, I mean, I think it's always like the impact, even when you really care about somebody else and what's happening to somebody else, there's some sort of connection back to you, mm -hmm. even if it's guilt, like even if it's you feeling bad and you want to rectify a situation so you can feel better. Ultimately, it comes back to how you feel and you, and that's just being human. And so I think we put more pressure on things that happen to us, like, oh, it's the end of the world because, oh, I tripped on stage. But yeah, that happened to you. It didn't happen to anybody else. So nobody yeah. else, everyone else is like, oh, what, what just happened? I don't remember. Yeah. You know, 
I've gotten better about just trying not to focus so heavily on things that I experience like that, that make yeah. me feel embarrassed. Um, yeah. I and as long as nobody's recording it and putting it on YouTube, then you're fine. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe some people have, and I don't know about it. I'm a, I'm a viral sensation somewhere, but with me being silly. Yeah. Uh, no, but I feel like uh, what I've done in the past to help me s stop like obsessing about it when I have experienced those moments is I'll just watch other like, people. Like, TikTok or something and just something to distract you for a bit mm -hmm. to get you out of that thought process and then when you come back to it later you're like oh well it wasn't that big, mm -hmm. that big of a deal or something mm -hmm. just something to distract yourself a little bit from mm -hmm. being in that moment because sometimes you kind of get stuck mm -hmm. stuck there for a bit but it's like you know what just consciously force yourself to mm -hmm. think about you know and the other thing too i think is huge and this was kind of this kind of ties in with our previous episode with friendships but like it also kind of ties into this topic too, but it's if a f so so let's say something happens to you, mm -hmm. you trip and you and you embarrass yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and in your head you can say like you some maybe some maybe you're thinking like oh oh gosh what a what an idiot or oh oh I must have looked so ridiculous and you get stuck on that or whatever. Mm -hmm. What would you say if a friend was with you and they tripped and mm -hmm. they were the ones that were like, oh, whoops. And then they, you know, you probably would turn to them and you would say, ha, ha. no, <laughs> you would turn to them and you would say, oh, whatever, no big deal. Are you okay? You know, yeah, and then you would right. go back on with your, with your conversation or you yeah. would go back, you would move on with whatever. Right. You would just check on their well-being, and then you would move on. Right. And so I think just... And if they were obsessing about it, you'd be like, get over it. Yeah, be yeah, like, right. be like it, it wasn't a big that was deal. Five minutes ago. Don't yeah. worry about it. Right, it's right, all right. good. So yeah. try to think about it. Like, how would you talk to your friend? How would you talk to, talk to yourself as if you were talking to a friend? Yeah. I think that is something huge. That's a yeah. key takeaway. I would say BYOBFF. What's that? Be your own best friend. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you can be a lot harder on yourself than you would be on other people. Sure. And the other thing is, if you are really hard on yourself, mm -hmm. you can also be hard on other people. Oh, yeah. You know, so I think people who are really hard on other people, it's a reflection that they're really hard on themselves. Sure. Too. And so it, again, kind of goes full circle that, I mean, that's not for everybody. Sometimes sometimes. You know, we can be easier on other people than we are on ourselves. But mm -hmm. being hard on other people is a way for us to feel better about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's a reflection of being really hard on ourselves. So if we're easier on ourselves, we're going to be nicer to other people. And then they're going to be nicer to themselves. And they'll be nicer to other people. And it's, it's the chain reaction of niceness. You know, whereas if you're hard on yourself and then you're hard on someone else and then they're hard on someone else, and then they're hard on someone else. And then everyone's hating each other and being hard on each other. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the toxic cycle of that. So. I think that's some very important, uh, good key yes. wisdom to this whole thing uh, and a good way to kind of wrap Be things up. Be kind to yourself because that will ultimately spread kindness to others. Definitely. Yep. Well, uh, since I'm awful at goodbyes, I'll let you take on this task of saying goodbye for this episode so go for it bye <laughs> well i uh, goodbye i think i'll be goodbye oh goodbye goodbye sir goodbye goodbye i said goodbye
Bye, lover. Bye, lover. Ooh. Hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, please follow and share with your friends who might enjoy it too. And you know what else you can do? You can rate the podcast. Five stars if you'd like. Mm-hmm.